Hey everybody, it's Travis from The Berm Show. There's a brand new app called Lower 22 Vets for veterans and active duty military members. This app combats suicide amongst veterans by bringing veterans together. So please go check it out. Sign up is free and it's easy and there's monthly giveaways. You can find the app on Google Play and Apple Store. So sign up now. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Travis with The Bourbon Show. We're here today with Will from uh, Carita's Apparel. Is that the correct way to say it? Yep, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm happy to have you on. It seems like from what we've talked about, you know, you're having, you're creating a new business and with um, uh, a focus on PTSD and issues around surrounding that um specifically so if you want to introduce yourself and kind of let everybody know something about you yeah absolutely well thank you for for having me on i'm excited to talk about this topic um try to you know raise some awareness as well as uh talk about the socks a little bit but uh, my name is will highland i'm the founder of free thoughts apparel uh launching uh july 12th uh, so our goal is to uh, make socks yeah, to make the world a better place, essentially. Uh, we partner with 501c3 charities um, to donate 20% of proceeds with every pair sold. So our first sock that we're launching with is really focused on um, ending veteran suicide and homelessness, uh, which uh, every day in the United States, about 17 veterans commit suicide and 40,000 experience homelessness. Um, so, you know, the goal is to you know create a product that people really like and is high quality uh, and use that as a lever to create social good in this first case being focused on uh, veterans yeah that's i mean that's amazing stuff to do and it's crazy because i've seen um some recent posts that people have had i haven't dug into these facts or these posts to make sure they're 100 percent accurate but saying that um like women veterans are seeing there's a greater chance of them being homeless than men uh, veterans, their counterparts. And it's kind of crazy, you know, cause I know I think women have, have recently gotten to the combat side of, of the military. Mm-hmm. I know they're like on submarines and stuff like that. Now I think that happened when I was still in or going into that transitioning into that. So, I mean, I, I imagine those numbers are starting to grow not only just for women, but that impacts the veteran community as a whole. Cause now those numbers are going to maybe double or whatever that case may be. Cause usually it's just been the combat veterans, a man or, you know, something like that. So it's been, it seems like specifically those types of individuals, but now with the women getting more involved in um, combat and being on, on those submarines and even on carriers and stuff, I, I had plenty of women on my ship. Um, wonder if those numbers are going to continue to to increase the way they are, even show themselves the way they are. Because it is kind of alarming to think that. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw another one that said, like, uh, I think there's, I can't remember if it was 90,000 or like 900,000 women veterans that are homeless. I feel like it's 90. I can't remember the post exactly. But it's like, that's that's a staggering amount of, of, of individuals that are on the streets, you know. Yeah, it's it's really kind of shocking to, to think about. And I think that, you know, just your, your average person, your everyday person doesn't really cross their mind 
you know, too much when you think about uh, veterans and, and service members. A lot of the times you think about folks overseas or they're deployed, but, you know, the, the battle doesn't end on the battlefield when soldiers come home. Um, they're at increased risk for um, homelessness and suicide due to, you know, a number of underlying issues uh, such as um, post-traumatic brain or post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injuries, uh, substance abuse. Um, you know, I was looking up a few statistics uh, prior to this, and uh, you mentioned, you know, women. Um, and the number I found was that uh, 40% of women have reported um, either military sexual trauma or sexual harassment during their time. Um, and there's a lot of these kind of deep underlying issues that weave together. And, and the end result is that uh, when our, our soldiers come home, they're not receiving the support that they need. And, you know, my goal in this company and, and with this first product line is to is to supplement that and to provide um, you know these veterans with, with the care they need through working with a couple of really amazing partner charities. Yeah, and I, I mean, I could think back even, you know, one of the episodes I had on here when the individuals were talking about um, yeah, kind of how women are treated in the military. I mean, I think there was like a Navy scandal. I, I yeah. want to say it was like six years ago, maybe somewhere around that ballpark-ish. But yeah, one of the carriers, I believe, was having um, basically prostitution going on on the ship. You know, they're it's like these high high officials, ranking officials, um, basically, you know, find somebody that's lower ranked or maybe even new to the ship or some whatever the case may be. I'm not 100% sure on the details, but would essentially take payment and be like, hey, here you go, do whatever it sounds like. So um, I want to say that was around the time I got out or maybe shortly after. So it's been, that was quite a, a long time ago, but I'm sure stuff like that happens quite frequently. Um, especially like that was one of the things I had thought about when I know this kind of like harping on it, I guess a little bit, but when women kind of got involved on being on submarines, because I just think, man, on the ship, like my ship maybe had three, anywhere from 3000, like 5,000 people at a time. So it's, I mean, but it's open, you know, they're not underwater the whole time. So there's like people to reach out to. And I feel like, I don't know how many people are in a submarine, but I feel like, man, you're underwater. That's a very tight quarter type environment and it's i'm sure there's a lot of like hey don't say nothing or else this person will do something and it's you know a little bit more secretive than other branches or other parts of the military yeah yeah i guess you know from your experience like can you tell me a little bit about like i guess the culture and you know how that might uh, impact females more or you know it's definitely not an easy job and us civilians are, are very thankful for everything that, that veterans do and that's done but um, I just would be curious, you know, to learn a bit more about like your experiences and, and how you think that might play into some of these issues or just from what you've seen or folks, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think my, when I reflect back on my time in the military, it wasn't bad. I think mm-hmm. in the moment, everybody thinks it sucks when you're, <laughs> when you're in it, you know, it's like having a bad job and you're just like, God, it sucks or whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely in the moment, it's like, man, what the hell? Are, you know, this is the worst thing ever, especially when you're on deployment and all you see is just water constantly. It kind of messes with you a little bit psychologically. But um, I can't think of any, any specific time where it was like anything crazy happened. A, a good way for me to explain it is because I didn't go to college right away. I went to college after I got in the military that 
that was probably my college experience. I almost felt like a, um, like a fraternity in some aspects. I would imagine, you know, like we, especially in port, same thing when you're on deployment, but you go to countries and you, you're 18, 19 years old. And, you know, there's older folks obviously as well, but you mean you're drinking all day, you're partying and then you wake up and you work the next day, like a 12, 16 hour shift, whatever it may be. It's kind of just like a cycle. It just seems like it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the people that I worked with, I'm not sure if anything bad happened back doors or anything like that behind closed doors, but um, it seemed pretty cool. Like we had a pretty good group of people when I was in. It seemed like everybody got along for the most part. Even if you didn't like somebody, you'd work with them. Um, We had some women for sure. And I mean, like I've told people before, there's been a a few women that stood out like specifically that were just really gun ho when it was like, damn, there's definitely women that outwork men. So, Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, my experience was pretty, pretty good looking back at it. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the part of getting out is the the hard part because mm-hmm. you lose that when you get out. That camaraderie, that aspect of you know you're in this together, um, yeah. and that, it's hard to duplicate that. I, if a number of us have talked about that on the throughout some of the shows that we've we've done so mm-hmm. far, is kind of duplicating that is extremely hard to do and it can get really lonely. Um, I believe it was Matt that I had on a while ago, a couple episodes ago. He said, I, I, I've never heard anybody describe it like this, but I thought it was perfect. He said he kind of felt like an alien when he got out of the military, like he just dropped one day and didn't know really what to do. And that's kind of, I think that's the hard part is when you get out, it's like, what do I do? Cause you've done something so repetitively every single day for 300 you know, or four, four years or whatever, how many years it is. So it's hard to duplicate that. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, definitely one of the, the causes um, behind a veteran homelessness and, and suicide is, you know, once you leave the service, um, what's, what's your mission? You know, you lose that, as you said, that camaraderie, that, that mission and, and kind of purpose. And at the same time, there's not always a clear path of how your skills will translate from military service into civilian life and um, how you can kind of leverage those. So I think that is definitely one of the, the big challenges that a lot of veterans face is um, in that transition period, um, you know, what do you do? How are you going to apply the skills you've learned? What's your new purpose, right? And so one thing that um, the charities that we work with um, that again get 20% of proceeds uh, do is, you know, they work with at-risk veterans to help them determine um, what types of careers they, they could pursue, uh, put them in place to, to interview, to, to get jobs, um, and really just offer 360 degree services to enable that transition from, um, you know, from military to civilian life. Some cases are, are more extreme, right, where the vets are, are battling uh, post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injuries, and the level of care needed is a lot deeper. Um, so one of the, the charities, uh, Mission 22, I would encourage everybody to, to go check them out. They're a really great organization. Uh, they offer a year-long resilience and recovery program for, for veterans, uh, as well as uh, spouses and, and family members. Uh, and it focuses on holistic healing, um, kind of ancient 
practices that, that have been, you know, well established, as well as infusing it with, you know, modern science, um, as well as counseling and, and supplements, and really just taking, you know, a holistic approach to how folks can transition from, you know, a warrior and take that, those experiences or whatever trauma they're experiencing and carrying with them and transition that into something, you know, productive and find a new purpose. Um, you know, you'd mentioned when you leave, like you have this kind of core group and they're, you know, almost like your family and you have these bonds that are hard to understand for the rest of us. And when you go into civilian life, you don't necessarily have that anymore. So, you know, one thing that I really like about um, these programs, uh, both that Mission 22 does, as well as Veterans Community Project, is that they carry with them that sense of community. Uh, you're not going at anything alone. You're, you're in groups with other veterans that are facing similar challenges that you do. And you have to be there for them and they have to be there for you. So I, you know, personally really like that that component is still there because it sounds like that's, you know, really critical. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most essential things to when you get out is mm-hmm. um, reaching out, making sure you have people to lean on. Um, like in hindsight, that's why I, I kind of like when I got out because a lot of my friends were still in when I got out of, the, mm-hmm. out of the Navy. A lot of them stayed in for, were in for either a couple more years or, I mean, just recently got out. So, I mean, a lot of it, I kind of had to navigate myself. It felt like, you know, it was just my own emotions and how to work my way back into civilian life. Um, but, yeah, it's it's important. I, I wish if I – I mean, I'm not going to say I wish because I don't like to – I don't live in regret necessarily. But if I would have done things differently, I would have done something like that. I would have – when I went to college, I would have joined one of the veteran groups. I know my community college had – had a like a veteran center type deal and i don't think i ever went to it and it i don't know if it's if it was like for me specifically one of those things where i was just like nothing's really wrong with me i feel fine you know but i don't feel like i need to do that but i mean i probably needed to at the time um realistically you know and i'm sure there's a lot of veterans that maybe have that moment where you come across something like that and you're like, Oh, look at there's a, a room, not even maybe a whole lot of them, but maybe there's a few veterans in there and it's like, maybe I should go in there and just have a, a drink or hang out, you know, talk about schoolwork, whatever it is, mm-hmm. or even share stories. But then you decide not to, and I don't know exactly why you wouldn't do it. I don't remember exactly why I didn't. I'm, I'm sure just had to do with like, Oh, that's my past. I don't really need a, like mm-hmm. spill my heart out to people. I Maybe mean, that's what I thought it was. I, don't, I can't recall, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like that's, that's really a big piece too, is that there's so much like stigma around asking for help or, or just being open about these, these issues. Um, and a lot of veterans just kind of carry it on their shoulders. Um, and for some, it can just escalate and go down a bad path. Right. So um you know, raising awareness on these issues, breaking the stigma around talking about it, I think is really important um, because for folks that need help, you're not going to get it unless you're willing to, to seek it right or you have a really strong community around you that'll kind of tow you in the right direction. 
Um, but that's not the case for everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of folks just kind of think they can maybe fix it themselves. I'm sure some do. Mm -hmm. I'm sure many do. Um, yeah, it's easy to to fall fall in the cracks or fall between the cracks and kind of just get stuck there and feel like you have no way out. And I mean, it's crazy to think uh, I was talking to somebody about this recently. I can't remember who, but um, a lot of this, like the whole PTSD and, and stuff like that, I feel like really came to light with Vietnam and stuff. And I, and I've, I've always thought, I wonder if like folks in world war two and earlier wars ever went through stuff like that. But I always just think, is it the way you're also, when you come home, the way you're perceived, mm -hmm. um, by just Americans in general, by, by, by people that by the civilians, because, yeah. you know, we, Vietnam soldiers, they came home and shoot, nobody, there's nobody raising flags or mm -hmm. singing things for them or praising them. It's just like, Oh crap, these guys kill children. They're horrible people. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it goes in my mind, it, it goes back to, mm -hmm. Like the beginning of history, really, you know, in, in World War One and World War Two, they called it shell shock, um, but is pretty similar to to symptoms that we're seeing now. And then uh, Vietnam was, you know, I, I think the way that the country treated the soldiers was a disgrace. Um, you don't have to like the war, but you have to respect the soldier. Um, and it was just, you know, it's sad how we treated our soldiers when they came home. Um, and luckily, our soldiers from Iraq and Afghanistan don't have the same type of treatment that our soldiers from Vietnam have, but they're still suffering a lot of um, similar issues. I think the most recent statistics I saw was about 20% or so are suffering from PTSD, um, or I've reported at least uh, Vietnam, I think it was around 30%. Um, so, you know, higher, but the treatment and the support from the public is, is really where we as civilians and as private industry need to step in because the government is trying their best, but they only have so much money. Um, same thing goes for charities. Um, and at the end of the day, there's this big gap left there. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to fill that gap because I think uh, private industry and the actual purchasing power of the American people is one of the strongest growths of economic prosperity and, and wealth. And that needs to be tapped into because the other channels are leaving these voids, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, man, there's just a video that surfaced. I think it was from a few months ago, but the video is just like surfacing now, like the VA in, in Georgia where when the VA workers like, choke and slammed a veteran and like kicked him in the face oh on the ground oh and yeah it's it's crazy to think you know that's kind of the that's well that obviously that's a, a significant issue right there but that's one of those things like you're saying with government and stuff there's only so much that can be done and then sometimes it almost feels like are they is it you know a priority even for I think most veterans feel that way. Like are we a priority? Cause I know my yeah. VA experience was horrible. The one time I went, uh, most people I talk to kind of say the same thing. You get kind of the run around or, you know, they, if you do get prescribed something from, I've been told it's that's it. And then, you know, tap on the butt. Hey, see you later. Good luck. Yeah. Um, I think 
another another stat I saw was that seventy percent of veteran suicides happen outside of VA care. So the the people that oh. need it the most are not getting it. So that kind of I wonder how that's kind of alarming because that's kind of to me that says like they're going there seeking help, not receiving help. So then they kind of say, okay, you're not going to help me. I'll just do something right here in front of you guys to kind of throw it in your face a little bit, you know, to to show how bad they failed. That's what's, um, I mean, kind of getting back to like your your company's all about. I think that's what's extremely important to have, like you're saying, companies do what you're doing, um, fighting initiatives that, that need to be sought after and, and help folks that need it because mm-hmm. um, – it seems that kind of be the the way things are being done primarily today is a lot of people are taking things in their own hands. And that's what I've said with veterans specifically. You see that a lot now where you have veteran groups and organizations are built by veterans instead of governments. Cause I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's easier for a veteran. I know it is for me to talk to somebody that about any significant issue or problem I've ever had Mm -hmm. with that. Cause even if they're in a different branch or some type of, um, like I don't even know how to describe, but there's not even sympathy. There's just like an understanding that, okay, we might have gone through different things, but at 17, 18 years old, or whenever you did join, some people join older. I mean, you signed a will, you you made, you put together a will at a young age. You basically signed your life away for X amount of years. And I think a lot of people, that's one of the funny things this is kind of getting off topic a little bit, but, uh, always hear like, well, you, you decided to join, you decided to do that. And I totally get that. Like I understand the argument, but mm-hmm. at the same time is like, doesn't mean that's just because you sign up to do something that you should be looked down for doing it. It takes a specific, yeah. takes a special person to kind of do that to, mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to join the military for whatever branch, whatever you're going to do. And I said the same thing recently with, like cops being a law enforcement or first responder. Uh, I know you sign up, you join a, whatever it is to become a firefighter. I'm, I wouldn't want to do it. Somebody needs to do it. And there's brave enough people out there that are willing to do that. And I think it's sad that there's people that look down upon people that are willing and able to do that stuff. Cause that's, it's, it's not common. I mean, I think the military, it's like less than 1% of the U S population joins the military. So it's a very small, select group of people that will do it for whatever reasons um, as well. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's like the beautiful thing about this country, right, is that you have a few brave people that are, are willing to to take on that burden. Um, so the rest of us can live free and say dumb things <laughs> and, just <laughs> and just be free, right? Because freedom isn't free and, and we're only here because of, the sacrifices that veterans make and that their families make, right? Yeah, exactly. Going back 245 years to the uh, Declaration of Independence and inception of the country. So, yeah, just just grateful, really, as like as just a normal, normal guy, normal civilian, that we do have people that are willing to to be brave and to take on that burden. Because I think it's sort of one thing signing up, but then going through the experience is you can never understand that when you're signing up, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? It's oh yeah. Something totally different. Oh yeah, completely. When I when I joined the military or the navy, I thought it was gonna be not completely different than what it was, but I had kind of a different idea what it was gonna be. 
because mm-hmm. my like my grandfather was a navy so he's kind of thought that's how it would be more of how he described it but i mean there's some similarities but uh there's some differences also like i boot camp was not extremely hard i, I mm-hmm. guess i mean it was different and i mean definitely ran a whole lot and worked out like insane amounts and had a really strict chief so we only we couldn't eat cereal or drink soda it was just strictly water and like no they come around like a brownie cart like different desserts none of that stuff he was just like nope can't have put any any of that garbage in your body so it was like really tight ship when i was in boot camp mm-hmm. and then um you get like tear gas i'm not even sure if i'm supposed to say it legally but you get tear gas in boot camp. But nobody told me that was going to happen. You know, I was like, holy yeah, shit, this yeah. is nuts. Um, <laughs> like, this is an experience I was not mentally prepared for. But then when you get to the ship, like, there's, like, I was recently back in Coronado where I was stationed. And it's kind of nostalgic to be there again. But the experience when you walk up to the ship I was on, the USS Nimitz, this huge, humongous, gigantic carrier you know, I'm just walking up to it that day, getting out of the cab. Like, holy crap, this is where I'm going to live for like the next four years. That's where I'm going to work. That's where I'm going to yeah. sleep. And they don't really like even prepare you for that. Because when you're in boot camp, I mean, you got you share racks. I think it's a double rack. Um, and then, but A school, when you go to A school, it's kind of like to kind of learn about your, your rate or your MOS. And you're like in barracks so you got like an actual bed bed so it's like all right you know it's like maybe it's not bad yeah <laughs> yeah you get to the ship and it's like three high across mm-hmm. and it's like oh crap i'm like i got dudes sleeping above me a guy sleeping beneath me if you know wherever position you're on the racks but it's different but i think that's kind of the part of it that makes it hard when you do get out because you are so close to everybody like that you're yeah you, you have know, to be <laughs> yeah no matter what like if you both wake up at the same time you're being dressed in a small little mm-hmm. like cubicle section and there's just nothing like it. Um, I think it was at the end of the day and it being better than what I expected. I'm not sure if that's the case for everybody. Obviously I know people join uh, different branches and they probably have a different mindset or idea of what it's going to be. And then they get there and they're like, Holy crap. Like this is real. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Matt, the guy I had on a couple episodes Ghost said the same thing. Like he was going through his, uh, he went through West Point, so he's becoming an officer, and he's mm-hmm. thinking like, man, him and his buddies, we can't wait, wait to get to Afghanistan and then you get there. It's like, holy shit, this is, this is real life. Like it's, yeah. it's not a video game. It's not, you get a respawn if you get killed. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, we. We're just grateful, really, as civilians. And again, I think it goes back to you know, what happens when these people come home. Um, since 2001, another another statistic I wrote here, uh, there's been 114,000 veteran suicides um, compared to uh, casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan was uh, just over 7,000. So we've lost significantly more you know, soldiers to, to suicide than to combat. And, um, you know, I don't think that should be happening. I think as a country, we need to do more for our soldiers when they come home. Um, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why I'm starting this company. Yeah. So can you get back to your company as well? I know, <clears throat> like you're saying right now, it's kind of, 
you're focusing on the PTSD and suicide awareness and stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's going to manifest into different things later on, obviously, I'd imagine, or is that just going to be the primary focus of, of your, your company going forward? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, so right now and for the short term future, at least, um, really just want to focus on this one area working with, um, Mission 22, who's 501c3, and they get 10% of proceeds to stop veteran suicide. And the other charity, Veterans Community Project, gets an additional 10% of proceeds. Um, and they build tiny homes for veterans um, and have like little veteran communities. Um, and they also offer them services to basically move them back into full-time housing for themselves, help them get jobs, give them assistance, clothing, um, really like all, all services that, that they would need. Um, so for now, the goal is to just get this one product out the door um, and focus the efforts on the veteran community. Uh, down the line, though, the, the ultimate goal for the company is to launch additional product lines with additional charities. Um, there's no shortage of uh, problems in the world. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the next product lines, they might focus on uh, child trafficking or drinking water, something for the environment or, you know, medical research. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities, but really just launching with, with the veterans one first, because that's something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, so I know even like you, we talked about before, like you had family that was in, in the military. So... What besides, I mean, I'm kind of curious then what led you to, um, yeah, go the veteran route initially. Um, like you said, it's near and dear to your heart. So yeah, I'm it's, curious on how that manifested itself a little bit. Yeah, it's a good, good question. Um, you know, both of my, my grandfathers served in World War II, uh, one of them in the Pacific Theater and the other one um, uh, on D-Day minus two. So came in day after uh so all, all of the atrocities um so i've just always even as like a little kid have thought about what they must have gone through uh because you know they were they weren't kids but they were close to it they were 18 um when i was 18 i you know i wouldn't <laughs> be able to do that right um so i've just always been very uh, grateful that i i live here in this country and I have the freedom afforded to me. And I've just always known that that's a unique thing. It's, it's the exception rather than, than the rule. Right? That doesn't happen without sacrifice. Um, and we're here because of what veterans have done for us throughout the history of the country. Um, and I think it's something that really is apolitical, whether you're left, right, or, or center, it's something that everybody should get behind because just the, the sheer numbers of veterans committing suicide and experiencing homelessness um, just far outweighs the combat deaths. And I think that's just sad and it shouldn't be happening. Um, so just looking at the numbers and what is currently offered for veterans, you know, there's, as we kind of mentioned, you know, the government and, and the VA is, is trying their best, but it's completely ill-equipped for the challenge at hand um, and it calls for 
more funding and more community and more programs. And that's what I'm trying to do with this pair of socks. So for every pair, you know, you're directly helping a veteran in need, uh, whether that's giving them uh, counseling and treatment for someone that has, you know, PTSD, or you're building a new house for a homeless veteran, um, or, you know, some of the kind of like more unique programs that Mission 22 does with their partners are things like uh, equestrian programs or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, outdoor uh, adventures with fellow veterans, uh, with service dogs. So some of these sort of non-traditional um, treatments that can really instill like a sense of belonging and, and uh, also allow for that community that might be lacking now that you're out of the service, right? So that's the thinking on, on why I chose veterans for, for the first product here, but, you know, excited for what's to come, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the key things I, I picked on to or picked up that you're mentioning is like just even with Mission 22 helping building homes and stuff like that for veterans. That, that's something I've started to see kind of occur lately. I think there's a community here in Palm Springs by where I live where they're doing the same thing. It's kind of like a little apartment complex that's specifically for veterans um, to stay at. Which yeah. is like you're saying. I mean, the numbers of people, the number of veterans who end up dying, whatever causes it may be, outside of actual combat versus during combat, are pretty significant. I mean, it seems like every yeah, I think the number is like 22 nowadays, right? Is that what they're saying? Uh, 22 veterans a day, roughly. Yeah, it's come down a bit since uh, since that org was founded. Right now, okay. I think the latest number is 17, uh, which is trending in the right direction, but still too mm-hmm. high, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, like we were kind of talking in the beginning of it, I wonder how those numbers are going to change with more veter- or women veterans coming out. And one of the things that um, I had never thought about, but a woman I had on that was in the Air Force brought up, uh, Shannon Smith. Mm-hmm. She had pointed out that now veterans are seeing like cancer, can- uh, yeah, variations of cancer um, show up years later. Mm-hmm after their service. And I, like, I've, I don't, the thing that trips me out with that, I guess, in a sense is like, I just imagine like a veteran, you get, you overcome all these obstacles, you know, and you finally get your feet planted in the ground, you're doing well. And then that happens. I can't imagine the man, the type of setback that is not only physically, obviously, but mentally, because it's like, man, I just overcame whatever it was. I was bogging me down mentally uh, you know, maybe you went through suicide type events where you might have attempted to do it or thought about it. Uh, maybe even been homeless at one point. And now you're finally up on your feet doing something great or benefiting a family or have a family, whatever that is, have a business and then have that happen. Mm-hmm. So there, I feel like there's gonna, a lot of these numbers are going to change in the coming, coming years just because there's a lot more uh, data coming out with different, long-term effects and the, with the short-term effects that people are having. So that's going to be interesting to see. And I mean, hopefully that number keeps going down because I can only imagine being that individual. Now you're 40 something, 50 something, and you're being basically got a death sentence for something that occurred while you're in. Now that regret of even joining probably sinks in even a little bit more. Yeah. So. And it's, it's, 
you know, in a way similar to what we're seeing with first responders from 9-11, where there are these long-term chronic impacts, but then when these folks go to get treatment, it's, it's really hard to actually to get that and to get compensated because of the amount of red tape that you have to go through to, to receive that. Um, so I think, you know, having these really good 501c3 charities is more important than ever. You know, one, another stat too, you know, you mentioned women in the service and um, kind of on the same vein a little bit, um, looking at the LGBTQ community, specifically within veterans, um, the LGBTQ veteran population is seven times more likely to be homeless than the non-LGBTQ veteran population. Oh, wow. You know, that... Um, that population as a whole is, is really uh, one of the highest risk groups for, for homelessness. Um, so it's not necessarily surprising, but then when you consider um, the amount of veterans that make up the homeless population, um, you know, I think veterans make up about 7% of the population, but 13% of the homeless population. Um, and then couple that with LGBTQ folks, and it's, it's just a sad picture. Yeah, I can only imagine because that whatever transition they're going through or if they're coming out while they're in, I'm sure that's not typically looked as like, oh, good for you while you're in. Especially like when I think about that, I, I, I feel like it'd be different in the Navy, to be honest. I know people don't have jokes, but I feel like that'd be a little bit different, like the Navy and like different branches like the Coast Guard or Air Force, where it's a little bit you're not necessarily in like, um, like situations like you'd be if you were in the Marine Corps, or mm-hmm. in the Army, where and those guys are probably be like, oh my God, right now you're making us seem like we're bad people. But not <laughs> saying that, but just the different types of environments that they're in, probably a little bit different. Where it's more, not to say that being on the ship isn't extremely stressful, but then when you're out in combat, I'm sure all that stuff plays a factor into how you're treated, and I'm sure. Not to even just single them out, but if, if I'm sure if you're just somebody that doesn't even really do a good job or can't hold your own weight, carry your own weight, you get picked on immensely as well. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine factoring those type of things in as well. That that must be psychologically um, difficult because yeah, you're in thinking, hey, I'm doing something great. I'm serving my country. And then you get out and you're only not only are you misunderstood for whatever you are as a veteran or being a veteran, but now for whatever, you know, you are, if you're a lesbian, gay, whatever, bisexual, whatever it is. So now you got that coupled on top of how you already treated just because you're a veteran. You, that's like double, it's a double blade right there. So yeah, that's, sure. that's, that's sad. That's sad to hear yeah. that that's happening. Yeah. And you're just person trying to, trying to serve your country. <laughs> you have to deal with that. Um, yeah, so I want to bring some of this stuff up as well here real quick. Let's see here. All right, so here's the Mission 22 that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, great. So if anybody's just listening to the podcast, I mean, there's go to mission22.com. As Will was saying, I got a whole bunch of stuff on here for veterans families communities it looks like you can a whole bunch of different type of outreaches in here 
Um, oh, yeah, look at this. I got like bike riding and all this kind of stuff. Paintball tournament. Yeah, they do a lot of a lot of really neat stuff, definitely. And so they got all this going on, different programs, ways to get involved. You can shop. Um, and here, Will's company. So I know, yeah, it's going to launch here in July 12th. Yep. Um, and then um, the other the other charities, Veterans Community Project as well. You know, I'm bringing that one up. Okay. I also showing your Instagram here. Yeah. So we'll, here's um his Instagram right here, Caritas Apparel. I mean, feel free to check him out. It's going to be really cool what they're doing. Um, they got socks, and they're made out of bamboo. So that's interesting also <laughs> yeah, I mean, led you, let led you to go the bamboo route where are the benefits of the bamboo versus a cotton sock yeah i actually didn't even know you could make socks out of bamboo before i started down this, this whole path here. <laughs> um, so you know in my research i, I kind of came across this and we worked through um you know it took about two years of product development to really land where we are now um, but to answer your question you know bamboo compared to cotton is a lot softer. Um, it's also also naturally antibacterial, um, as well as uh, moisture wicking. So it it can handle moisture, you know, a lot better. If you're if it's hot outside or cold, they just kind of let your feet breathe better. Um, you know, they're it's like a a calf length sock, so you can use it um, to dress up or, or dress down. But you know, I'm a big basketball player, and I've, I've tested them out on uh, the streets of Philadelphia and they perform well on <laughs> um, basketball. Uh, they have a reinforced heel and toe um, because that tends to be where socks always uh, ultimately meet their demise. So the heel and toe have this carry stitching that's really comfortable on um, thick um, as well as they have integrated arch support. So uh, the middle of the sock has like an elastic uh, stitching in it to just make it a bit more comfortable they're also really stretchy uh, i wanted to actually make a sock that fit a lot of different sizes and types of feet so for me like you know i, I have always had like very colorful socks uh, in my like professional career i've just been like the sock guy um, <laughs> so building one that was like really stretchy and comfortable and, and looks good was was important um, so it took way longer than i wanted it to but you know where we landed now with the product I'm, I'm really happy with and just very excited to get it out there and, and see what people think but you know at the end of the day the sock is is great it's important but really the mission is to help veterans in need um, so that's why you know we're really grateful to be working with these these two fantastic charities and i would encourage people to go check them out um if you want to buy a pair of socks you could do that too <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's funny because um, yeah, I play a lot of basketball too, and it's always like the toe area is like mm -hmm. always ripping up in the heel. So, yeah, I might have to to grab a pair once you get them going for yeah, sure. Okay. Um, and I also think because I've heard this with bamboo before, I'm not sure how 100% accurate this is, but the benefits of like bamboo I've heard with paper specifically is that you can cut it down, but it grows back extremely fast. So it's not – you're not – destroying a rainforest in a sense you know you're um just replenishing basically because you're cutting down it sprouts right back up so yeah it's, 
it's a lot better for the environment um, because of that. It, it's it's basically like an invasive species. Like, like it just grows like a lot. Um, so it requires way less water to actually curate than cotton. And then um, in like the processing of it, as well as, uh, you know, the final product, it's, um, it's certified to be chemical free, uh, the sock we have. So, you know, overall, it's just better for the planet. And I think it's better for your feet as well. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I can't wait to see what else you guys manifest. I mean, because you're saying, you know, you guys got other products. So you, you guys want to launch with it, with the socks and stuff. Um, so I mean, I'm kind of eager to see what else you guys do, because I definitely want to get a pair and put them to work. I'm kind of the same with socks. Too. I, I have like goofy socks at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have like cats and crap on them. I have like the most random socks, superheroes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Uh, if they're, if they're kind of goofy like that, I'll definitely, definitely find me a pair and rock those things. Cause that's yeah, kind of, no, they're, um, they're red, white, and blue. Um, nice, you know, tiger camo pattern. Um, so yeah, can't be boring socks. Right. I, I think like, <laughs> uh, in recent years, like as, and they're, they're unisex, they're for men and women. Um, but I think looking at like men specifically, like in the workplace, as the tie has gone out of fashion, the sock has really become like an item of expression and more of like a fashion item than like a commodity. Um, so making it like colorful and, and fun was, was always the goal. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your, your time here. Um, so yeah, I'm happy you came on and, you know, talked about what your business is and the, the long-term goal with it. Um, I think it's important, like you're saying. I mean, there's a lot of staggering numbers out there. I'm actually looking at your Instagram right now, like you have it on here, the PTSD awareness. How many veterans have PTSD? You have the 30% of Vietnam veterans, 12% of Desert Storm, 20% of Iraq and Afghanistan. And I wonder how many of those folks, um, I'm sure there's a st- statistic out there showing this as well, out of those 20%, 12%, 30% of actually – commit suicide and how many of them actually find find a fo- their footing you know because that's i wonder i'm sure it's those numbers are pretty staggering as well because it might seem like it's a small number 12 percent spe- specifically for a desert storm might seem small but how many of those folks have uh taken their lives all that 12 percent of folks that served during that time i'm sure sure that percentage of that 12 percent or the percent of that 12 percent is pretty staggering so i wouldn't be shocked um so yeah thank you again um for coming on i'm not sure if there's any parting words you want to share to everybody i know you got your your socks uh the um, the charities are donating to so yeah i mean well you know thank you for for your service and thank you for having me on i I think uh you know it's fun uh talking to you and, and raising awareness on these issues i think um you know, today, 17 veterans will commit suicide, and tonight, 40,000 will be homeless. Um, and that's going to continue tomorrow and the next day, and those numbers add up. So, I, you know, I would encourage listeners to go check out these charities, buy a pair of socks if you want, and just thank you so much for having me on. No problem. Anytime. Yeah, uh, look forward to having you on again once you really get get this thing going and see how, how effective your 
how you're how it is and you know how many people are able to help and stuff i can't wait to see so yeah, thank you again yeah cool. absolutely thank you so much thank you well you have a good one you too Bye.